What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. This is two weeks in a row. We're actually recording not on our phones. We're using our equipment again and getting back into it. So this is another episode of the First Gear Podcast. My name is Eric. I'm here with Tanner. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Been a crazy day, but we're getting it in. Busy schedules make it really hard, so we're we're going to try and do this every week like we were when we first started the show. It's just going to be a lot harder now, but we're going to make it happen. Facts. Yes. It's going to be interesting, but it'll be worth it. Um, it's like going to be 9 or 9.30 by the time we get done tonight, probably, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's been like a crazy, crazy week as far as workload and doing extra stuff and just doing stuff around the house. Yeah, it's it's been pretty wild. Yeah, and I mean, now that race season's full swing here, it's just, I'm pretty much going to live off of caffeine until about November, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do now. Like, I don't even need to wait. We're just. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I figured out, like, that. Go ahead. No, I mean, that's, I live off of caffeine anyways, but it's going to be like double caffeine from here on out. <laughs> Instead of two shots, you get eight shots of espresso throughout the day. Go with that high octane. Yes. Yeah. I figured out it's about a eh, pot of coffee a day. You know, it'll get you by. It's fine. Yeah, I got to get a little pre-workout, got to get some coffee, and then might have to throw in an energy drink in there. It's just, it's what happens. I don't know about you, but I actually get more benefit out of just straight coffee than I do the energy drinks, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. I Sometimes I notice it with coffee. Most of the time I don't. I just drink it because I like it. I I, I drink it for the effect. I hate coffee. It's not... Like, I'll drink gas station coffee, Starbucks, you know, whatever. Pick your local shop coffee, whatever it is. I don't care as long as it's got caffeine in it. It gets me to go. I'm good. Doesn't matter <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah, man, it's today was a crazy day. I didn't make it to the gym this morning, but that's all right. Everything I did throughout the day pretty much made up for that. So <laughs> this project we're on at work, we're in the middle of doing a, it's technically an in-frame overhaul of a, yeah. of a <clears throat> G3520C Caterpillar generator engine. So it, uh, 20 cylinders, everything's big and heavy and there's a million parts on it. And yeah, it's a lot of grunt work. To me, that's still crazy that, I don't know, when you say a 20-cylinder Caterpillar engine, my brain just, like, breaks. Because I'm used to the tractor-trailer side of things, like, six in a mm -hmm. row or, you know, maybe on occasion a, a 3408 cat, the eight-cylinder motor. Like, you know, something, I don't know, just not, not 20 cylinders. The crankshaft is nine and a half foot long. Exactly. That's like the size of a cruise, <laughs> man. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I mean, every cylinder's got its own head. 
the heads are like 125 pounds. Uh, a lot of, it kind of depends on how, what manufacturer you have, but Caterpillar, they sell everything as cylinder packs. So it's the liner, the piston and the rod. It's all one thing. You put it all in one shot and you pull it out one shot. So, and those are like, I think they're like 97 pounds. So, I mean, you're basically using a little bit of a, like a little chain hoist or something to lift all of them out. And then once you get it onto a cart and wheel it over to where you're going, mind you, this is all inside an enclosure. So it's not like we're in a building to where you have a ton of room. Like there's enough room for someone to walk beside it and that's about it. So a lot of up and down, a lot of lifting, heavy stuff and the cleaning, just getting everything clean and prepped for new parts is, it's nuts. I mean, you got to go through and you got to get the deck completely cleaned up. You got to clean the cam. You got to get the crank all cleaned up, clean the pan out. Just yeah. everything. There's so much to it. Like it's wow. And it's just been me and one other guy on it. And if all goes right and we have everything we need and we don't have to order much, maybe by the middle of next week we'll be ready to go running again. But we started last Monday, so. Well, you're in a sense rebuilding like 20 different engines, if you think about it that way. Because you got to pull a cylinder head on and off of every single one. Mm -hmm. Clean it put it back together, put the gaskets on, but do all the things just to get it working right. And then hope that that stays together. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, this thing, it's pretty damn durable and it runs off of methane. So it's at a landfill. And once they get the landfill finished, then they drill their wells and start, start collecting all the methane gas off of the trash. And then, that is what the fuel source is for this engine, and it's tied directly into the grid, so it runs 24-7. That's just bananas. It, you don't realize what makes the world go round until you have to start fixing it. So if you ask any linemen or you know guys that go fix generators or anything mm-hmm. like that, what makes the world go round, they're going to tell you it's like a bunch of massive machinery that runs on all kinds of different combustible fuels that do... 80,000 different things. You got to have trained, skilled people to fix them. And that's something that we're really lacking right now is uh, any form of skilled motherfucker that can go fix stuff. Yeah. And I mean, this thing, it's, it has so many gremlins. It's one of those machines that when it shuts down, it's never just one thing that fixes it. It's usually like four or five things. If it is just one thing, like that's like a grace of God thing (laughs) (laughs) because half, half the time when it shuts down and you get it fixed and you get it, start, get it started up and running again and it gets online and starts producing power again. Majority of the time, more faults pop up. So, I mean, it's just kind of one thing after another and, but it's tied directly into the grid. So it's, uh, since it was getting kind of weak, it was due for this cycle of overhaul on it. And it was only running 1200 kilowatts. Normally it runs 14 to 1600. It's rated for 1600. So 
1.6 meg, whatever you want to call it. But sure. so, I mean, it, it produces, it powers a lot of houses. So <laughs> it's 1.21 gigawatts of electricity is that you're putting back together right there. Yeah. But if you sit down and think about it, I mean, I get frustrated working on that thing because like I said, it's got so many gremlins that it's just, it's really difficult to work on, but it yeah. is a pretty, it's a really cool thing and you've probably seen it on my stories here the last few days of everything tore apart and stuff like that when people see it for the first time they're like whoa that thing is massive right (laughs) and that's not even the biggest that's not the biggest cat engine they make oh god no caterpillar makes some engines that are the size of buildings it's ridiculous oh yeah oh yeah you can you can walk into the inside of the engine and watch the pistons go up and down and watch the rockers go up and down the rocker mm-hmm. arms are the size of a normal human being. Like mm-hmm. they make some pretty massive pieces of equipment. If you think about those, uh, those rock movers, or if you've ever seen like yep. gold rush yep. or anything, like that, all of those giant pieces of machinery require massive power plants to move them. So mm-hmm. it's freaking crazy is what it is. How just, just the scale is how big everything is. Mm-hmm. And this thing, it only runs 1,200 RPM. That's most gen yeah. sets, the standard is like 1,800 RPMs for most mm-hmm. diesel and natural gas. But when you get to those bigger engines like that, they're usually like 1,200. But the turbos on it are ginormous. More turbo. It's got it's got two turbos on it, and it takes two guys to lift it up. That sounds about right. And if I and if I remember right, I think they're like thirty grand a piece. Sure, that's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all this all this mind blowing giant machinery action going on. So yeah, if people are curious what I do for a living, that that's what I do right now. Yeah. So uh, he makes the world he makes the world up in Iowa go round, basically is what happens. Yeah, well, there's generators everywhere. Most people have them. A lot of people have them on their houses anymore, but most businesses have them. All healthcare facilities have to have them. That is that's a law. It's so, required. Yep. Yeah. But it it keeps us busy, and then somehow I find time to work on race cars and go racing one to two nights a week. So, <laughs> right. Which is a, that's a chore. That's a second job. That's another 40 hour a week workload. Oh, right it's, there. <clears throat> it's crazy, man. I mean, I'm struggling really hard right now trying to get a daily routine figured out just because it's different every day. And, and then when I do go to the gym, I've been pretty lazy lately if I'm being completely honest here. So I was going like six days a week and now I'm down to like three to four. Yeah. But you get up that early, go to the gym, then you go work all day and then go home and work on the race car for two, three hours, sometimes four depends on how much we got to do and just, it never stops. Oh yeah. I'll be, I'll be in the same boat sooner rather than later with the detailing because it's i'm already getting calls and getting Mm -hmm. people lined up and 
yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a thing that I'll be busy as hell. I would rather be tired because I'm working my ass off than just tired because you're tired to be tired. Like there's a big difference between the two. There is a very big difference. And like, I am completely exhausted, but it's all for good reason, I guess. Exactly. Well, it's part of, you know, just what it is. If you want to do big things, you got to sleep less. Yeah. Or as Arnold Schwarzenegger says, sleep faster. <laughs> That's hilarious whenever he tells people that, by the way. He'll look people dead in the eye and they'll be like, well, how do you do that? How did you get started whenever you were, you know, doing X, Y, and Z while you were going to school and all sorts of other stuff? And he goes, I would get up at 6 a.m., go do a workout, go to, <laughs> go to training, go to school, go to my job, work. Six to eight hours a day. Come back home. I would go back home and get the pumps, and then <laughs> do it all again the next day. And I was like, and then take classes up until eleven o'clock at night, and go home and be in bed by twelve. I'm like, what the fuck? That guy's you a just, You just nailed that. <laughs> Good. Hopefully everybody gets as much entertainment out of it as we are because we're slap happy. That's <laughs> Oh yeah. But yeah, like like tonight, for example, we had to push the showtime back an hour because as soon as I got done working today, my dad shops on the way home from where I'm working, so I stopped there and had to get the car out and get it washed, start getting our weekly maintenance stuff ready to go, try and get ready for Friday night and dad got home a little later from work than normal and so i had to get the car out by myself and our trailer we got a 20 28 foot enclosed trailer and it's older so it's not super wide Mm, yeah so had to try and run the winch to get it out by myself and just about a foot at a time (laughs) i remember crawling through many of windows working at the classic car dealer because the owner would somehow i don't know how the heck this would work but they would somehow be able to get the car in the trailer and get out but they couldn't get back in to get the car out of the trailer however much sense that makes like it however it happened before was suddenly just vanished and it wouldn't work anymore so i was usually the one that had to like crawl up not like touch try and doing my best not to touch the car and get like all the way up to the door and then ask permission be like, Hey, I can't get the door open wide enough. Do you care if I climb through the window? Yeah. Yeah. That's how everybody does it. Blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. Fire it up and pull it back out. Oh, we had a winch. What? Why didn't you say that before? What the, why? Yeah. But yeah, I got that out and got it up on the lift and got that all cleaned up. And then I had like 10 or 11 tires to get cleaned up. Yeah. You were a hustling man today. I, uh, yeah. I've been kind of a bum, too, like just calling myself out. Since the marathon, I haven't really done a whole heck of a lot. We've been coming home, and this is going to sound, this is a total first world problem, and this is not complaining at all. I've been coming home up and water the grass because it's sod, and it's got to take after you know a certain right. amount of time. And then you can kind of, you got to fertilize it. I don't know. There's a whole thing that we have saved that goes in with it but it's cool like i'm just happy we have grass and even if part of it dies i can get some of it to grow back so it's not like a huge deal 
if it, I'm just happy that there's a lawn out there instead of it being a giant mud pit with random grass seeds sprinkled all over the place. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've dealt with that before at like the house that my parents built whenever I was younger, and uh, no, it's a hard no. There's mud everywhere. Like it's just not fun. So if you ever go to do this, um, make sure you figure out like the sod before you're done because it is a game excuse me a game changer whenever you move in yeah and speaking of yard work i still got to get my yard mowed at some time this week because we got that really hot spell and some rain and then oh and it popped up oh yeah (laughs) i mean my yard's gonna start looking like a hay field here before long but i'm running out of daylight (laughs) (laughs) that's fine it'll buff out oh yeah light it on fire it's cool you know a little bit at a time. Not saying light the neighborhood on fire, but it makes good fertilizer. Like fuck it, hey, just burn I got it a fire. Ground. There's a fire hydrant right in the front yard. We'll be all right. See, they knew that. That's why they put it there. They <laughs> just knew. <laughs> but, but man, you also did some racing this weekend. Let's talk about that. Uh yeah. So how did your weather... how did your P3 go? That was awesome. Yeah, that was that was crazy, but. It, the weather here in Iowa over the weekend, it pretty much went to shit. I'll just put it that way. It uh, it yeah. was pretty nice out all week. I mean, it's a little cooler than it has been. But then, like, Friday, the temperature just tanked. We got, we got a decent amount of rain there in the middle of the week, and then Friday, the temps tanked. So, I mean, everywhere was canceling because they just couldn't get the track ready, and we were planning on going to Columbus Junction because we've had success there in the back, and it, we always enjoyed it and wanted to go there. And at like 11 o'clock Friday morning, they canceled. And then the night before, I had actually found out that Davenport was paying 1000 to win Friday night. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I would have known that. We're set up for CJ, so we're just going to go there. And then it canceled, and I called Dad at like 11.15, and I was like, hey, CJ just canceled. Let's go to Davenport. He's like, all right, well, we'll go down there early and so then we can get the gear changed because in the stock car class, we can't run quick changes. It's all the nine inch rear ends. So it takes a little, that's just how they are. Like they, if you run the USRA stock cars are more of an open class, not there's still rules, but they're a little bit higher end, I guess, than the IMCA cars. They can run quick changes, but we're all nine inch rear end, so it takes a little longer to change the gears, but no big deal. So we got down there and start I just knew right from the beginning that it was probably gonna be a decent night even though the weather sucked because for like draw redraw stuff, my entire life I have been one of the world's worst drawers ever. Like, if there's 99 chips in the bag, there's a almost a 99% chance I'm going to get 99. <laughs> That's how it's been forever, man. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm cursed or what. But <clears throat> I got there, I got signed in, got my transponder, and then I went over and I drew for the heat races. And I drew a 14. I was like, damn. All right. I'll take it. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh. So that put me second row inside for the heat race and the track, since it was cool out and the track was really wet to begin with, and it's pretty black dirt down there. So 
the moisture wasn't going anywhere. We didn't go out for hot laps because it was like super muddy. And I'm like, I'm not going to go out there and get like 500 pounds of mud on the car. Mm-hmm. And the, tr- the track's not even really ready. And I wanted the late models to go out and get it all blown off and everything. So went out for the heat race, started third. Got stuck behind a car that was, or no, I think I started. Yeah, I did start third, <clears throat> but got stuck behind a slower car and he was just very difficult to get around because he was kind of all over the place. And with the track being rough, yeah, it was pretty, pretty technical and hammer down. And I just, it took me three too many laps to get around him. And so I lost a couple spots, but got going and got into fifth and was able to hang in there because top five went to redraw. So, uh, ended up fifth car was okay and went in, <clears throat> went into tech and scaled. And then, uh, we had to redraw for the feature and I reached in there and pulled out good old number two. Nice. My favorite, my favorite number ever. So I was like, sweet, I'll take a front row outside. That'll work good. <clears throat> so, uh, pretty pumped about that. We went back, we were kind of watching the track cause they had six classes, I think we were just watching the track. And so we made a couple changes and we made the right changes. So went out there for the feature. Uh, <clears throat> so Davenport, they got a, it's a little bit bigger than a quarter mile, I think. Mm-hmm. It's like a big quarter mile, I'd say. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's got pretty decent banking, longer straightaways, corners really wide. Well, there's an old half mile there because it originally was a half mile. So they do all the staging for all the upcoming races on the old turn three and four of the half mile. Oh, that's cool. And... When you're sitting there and staging, about all you can see is the cars coming out of turn four. And I was trying to judge what the track was doing. Everybody, it was real hit or miss. Like some races, the guys were all up top. Other races, everybody was on the bottom. Well, the IMCA modifieds, or no, the sport mods were out in front of me. And since I had a front row spot to watch, I saw the guy leading. He ended up winning it. He, uh, He was on the top the whole time. And I'm like, well, I think top's gonna be there so that's where i need to go yeah we got out there and took off and i think we got six laps in and then we had like a string of like four cautions in a row it was ridiculous but i hung in there in second for that first six laps or whatever and i was like man this car is actually working really good i did i should have looking back on it now i should have gone to the top right away i was kind of in the middle but it was working. And then when we finally got out of all the cautions, uh, we got rolling and I think I fell back to fourth, I think. And we had a late race caution. Probably. I bet there was six laps to go, six, seven laps to go. And I had to start restart on the bottom. And, uh, had a really good race with another guy that I know. And I was just, we were side by side for like three laps in a row. And I'm like, man, I have got to get back to the top. So I was able to clear him just enough to get up to the top. And once I went up to the top, man, I mean, it just was lights out. Track was super technical. 
and the top was where it was at. And I mean, that was the most comfortable I've been in this car so far. Yeah. And just went up top and started ripping. And if I would have been there the whole race, I would have had a really good shot of winning. But a <clears throat> little lack of experience in this car yet. And then just learning how hard you can drive it. But car was freaking awesome, man. We hit the gearing just right. We hit the setup just right. Everything was working and ended up with a P3, which is a career best so far in this class, and it's only our fifth night in it. So we're going in the right direction. See, that's what I was saying. Like <clears throat> last week, I really think that over the course of the next, you know, last week and then the next two to three weeks or so, like it's just going to start clicking and it's going to get fast real fast which is going to be fun yeah and like i said in my uh social media post earlier or monday i guess um i've been racing big cars this is my 13th year in big car racing like big yeah. cars meaning everything outside of go-karts so i mean i'm i'm not a rookie anymore but this car in this class has just been the hardest to adapt to because it is like night and day different than anything i've ever driven like oh, yeah. everything I've ever driven was lighter weight, higher horsepower, tons of side bite. These cars are the exact opposite. They're heavy, lower horsepower, and no side bite. Yeah. Well, so it's a, <clears throat> it's a stock car going on dirt. It's not, it's way far off of like what they just did at Bristol. But to give people perspective, it's like the same concept kind of heavy car smaller tire dirt tracks like it doesn't always work out the way you want it to yeah and <clears throat> johnny spa builds a really good car and he had a really good showing there the other night because he had three cars in the top four so wow that's uh that's a really good showing for spa chassis for sure um yes. no we're just it's just gonna it just takes time um we're kind of, we've ran enough now that we're kind of starting to find the sweet spot of like what springs to run, where to have yeah. the trailing arms and stuff like that, where to move weight. <clears throat> that yeah, I'm, well, I'm just getting more comfortable in the car too. So well, that, like we talked about before, as you get more comfortable, whether it be in a stock car or whatever you're driving, it's all the same relative thing. Like um, Steve, one of the guys that fast and myself were talking about this with the, ram trucks like whenever we were going down to kentucky for the trucking show whenever we first got in the truck like if you're not used to driving a big ram or 4500 with a giant you know 28 foot trailer behind it and the whole works the whole setup feels humongous it feels like you're driving a boat around but as the days go on and as you get used to driving it get used to the way it feels get used to the you know how how it is on the road or in your case on the racetrack it all just starts clicking and you just get used to it. and then it feels small and then you're like okay well i can whip this thing in just about anywhere so let's go yeah what i used to do with well, the bus yeah well and like i tell people all the time they ask me they're like do you ever do you ever get nervous like switching classes because i mean we switch classes quite a bit but it was just different opportunities but i'm like you know i used to but I've been racing long enough now that a race car is a race car. You just, you just learn how to adapt. <clears throat> and this has obviously been a 
much bigger challenge than I ever expected, but you just, once you race long enough, it's just one of those things you just learn. And I, if I would have jumped into this class a long time ago, I wouldn't have been able to pick up on it as fast. I don't think, but I mean, like I said, I've been racing outside of go-karts for 13 years. So I've driven enough stuff that I have an idea what I need to try and do. And now I can really pinpoint where I'm messing up. Yeah. Where, where before it was, well, is the setup actually good and it's just the driver or was the setup way off? Like now we kind of can gauge like, okay, this is a pretty good baseline to go off of and I have a good car. I just need to learn how to drive it. And I actually, I just told this story the other day. So my first time running the Chili Bowl in 2021, I had ran, I don't know, eight midget races or so before the first time we went to the Chili Bowl. Yeah. So I was, I was getting fairly familiar and I let the nerves get to me big time down at the Chili Bowl. Didn't help that I started behind Kyle Larson in my heat race, and then I messed up right off the bat. And that's the most important race of the whole week is your heat race and your qualifying night. And we came back in, and my car owner, Mark Bush, he told me, he's like, he's like, I'm just going to be completely blunt with you. He said, the setup's good. He's like, you just need to gas the damn thing up and figure out how to drive it. And we went out. Cause I, that put me in a C main. I went out and I damn near won the C main and he came back in he's like, damn it. Why didn't you do that in the heat race? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you got to screw up before you get better. So you, yeah, but that's just it, frustrating. It's just, it is, it's frustrating, but it's part of the learning curve. I mean, yeah. chili bowl is one of the biggest races of the year. So <laughs> it's easy to let the nerves get to you, especially when you start behind the at that time, he was the reigning champ of the race. So, and it's well, Kyle Larson. So, arguably the best race car driver on the planet right now. Like he just went and yeah, but he just went and won Eldora and a modified. Never have never has driven a modified before, and yeah. goes to a very technical racetrack that's not easy to drive for anybody. It doesn't matter who you are, and just goes and wins the race first time out. He went and drove. I think it was he got an all guyers car and just yeah. went and won first time out. I was like. Yeah, and he's the first guy to ever win in seven different disciplines at Eldora. I didn't hear that. Is he really? That's crazy. Yeah, he's the first one to ever do it. He's got midget, non-wing sprint car, uh, silver crown car, okay, wing wing sprint car, dirt late model, NASCAR truck, yep, and now a dirt modified. That's freaking crazy. Because it's not, like I said, it's not, I know because I've had to set <clears throat> stuff up. It's not an easy track. Like, no, there's shit everywhere that you got to worry about. It's not the yeah, same but, the whole way around the racetrack. That, that guy, that guy is, in, that guy is just absolutely incredible. But that, that's why he's probably one of my favorite drivers. I've started yes, following same. Kyle Larson before he was Kyle Larson, like, I remember yep. watching him as a kid uh, when we used to race at the Tulsa shootout back in the day when they still had go-karts there. Him and Rico, 
like where our pit spot was like him and Rico with their outlaw carts, they were just kind of down the aisle from us. So I've, I mean, I've been watching Kyle and Rico race since we were yay big. And then <laughs> so, when he, so everybody knows he did use the hand gesture. Hey, yay big. Cause you can't see him on. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but then he got into the midgets and into the sprint cars and I've just always been fascinated by his talent. And I learned so much just by watching what he does. Mm-hmm. It's freaking incredible. And I, I'm one of those guys that I learn, I learn the best on the track, which obviously that's how most people learn. But I also learn very well just by watching. Mm-hmm. Yep. And <clears throat> just watching him run dirt cars. I remember, uh, we went to the ultimate challenge at Oskaloosa one year. He was driving the Hoffman 69 car, the uh, non-wing sprint car. And yeah. I mean, he just walked the dog on him that year. Because <laughs> the challenges, I think they were, I think they used to have them. Because it used to be the ultimate challenge on, I want to say it was on Mondays. And then the front row challenge was Tuesdays. Now they just have the front row. Yeah. But we went down there and watched, and I just was analyzing everything he did. And then we went to West Liberty that weekend and raced our modified. I think he ended up like second or something that night. And I remember my dad was like, apparently we need to go watch Kyle Larson more often. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? But it's, it's amazing to me that he just gets in whatever, just throw him in a car, no practice, no nothing, and he's like, hammer down in a couple laps and he's got it figured out who yeah, else can I mean, do that i don't know of anybody maybe i don't know tony stewart's about the only other guy that comes to mind yeah him or and he hasn't done it he doesn't do it as much but when jeff gordon can pretty much get in almost anything it seems mm-hmm. like they won that uh lamar race he had never driven one of those things right ever in his life and he gets in the prototype cars which are the fastest ones out there the Cadillac and his team just dominates and wins. I was like, that's crazy. And if you look back at his career, it's kind of, eh. um, sorry, I just got my computer is synced with my phone. And so I just got a text message and I'm very like squirrel. And I saw the message and it just threw me off. So I apologize, <laughs> <laughs> but he's one of those guys. If you look back at his career, he's pretty much been the same way. He's like the dude from days of thunder, you know, gets in the car, rips, and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. And it's proven throughout his career. He'd get in anything and just go. It, his name isn't brought up when it comes to that kind of stuff, though, because whenever he made it to Cup, he stuck with it. Because right. he just, you know, and I don't know if that's a proven thing or not. Jimmy Johnson did the same thing. You know, Earnhardt kind of did the same thing. They all just stuck with mm-hmm. one thing, and that was it. They're mm-hmm. all some of the winningest drivers in history, but. I would say Kyle's probably the best driver that we've seen. I don't know what happened if you put him toe to toe with those guys, but yeah. Well, I mean Kyle Busch is in that he's in that conversation too. He also can get in anything and yes. be fast. So it's kind of there there's a select few guys like that mm-hmm. that can just rip in anything. Kyle Busch has over 200 wins total in NASCAR for a reason. Yeah, it's cuz he's that damn insane. good. Between truck, Xfinity, and Cup, that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, and he just got his 62nd career Cup win. 
That's nuts. Yeah. Well, That's Talladega. a lot of races, man. Talladega is interesting. Uh, we can, we'll get to the recap in the weekend, but that was just an interesting race. I feel like it's more turning into luck of the draw at Talladega than like when Junior was winning all of his races and Gordon was mm-hmm. winning all of his and Kislowski won all of his. That was like skill. Now I right. feel like it's you pull the lucky straw out of the cup and you're good to go. Like you're the guy that weekend. Yeah. It's not, right. and it's because of the way they have to draft now in the car. And there's many different like th- tangible things that equate that turn into that. It's super frustrating. It was the most frustrating Talladega race I've watched in a long time. Yeah. But before we move on to that, um, yeah, this, this weekend, it was really good. That was a huge stepping stone for us. We are definitely moving in the right direction. So, yeah. If the weather cooperates, there's been rain in the forecast for like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, hopefully, we can get some racing in this weekend. I think we're going to try and go to Columbus Junction just because we we're prepared to go there last weekend and it didn't work out. But, yeah. We're getting a good notebook build up, starting to get more comfortable and I just we got a long season to go and if we're doing this good already I think it's gonna be a really good year yeah well, like I said last week between you and your dad that you got a lot of skill sitting there that you guys will figure it out once you figure it out everybody else is gonna be hurting like <laughs> there's gonna be I'm gonna I'm not trying to jinx you I'm just saying I think that unless you know I don't know. Unless you just can't race because of weather, I think you guys are going to get a bunch of W's in a row. Like, it's just going to start turning into a thing. When that 22 goes up, people are fucked, is what they're going to figure out. (laughs) (laughs) I sure hope so, man. But uh, this weekend, it was definitely a big confidence booster because Marshalltown wasn't bad. We, We did pretty good. I mean, for having 57 cars and we missed a show by five. I mean, that was my third and fourth time ever in a stock car. So, yeah, but it's easy to get down on yourself, especially now since I've been racing long enough. I have high expectations for myself. Like I know where I should be and it's taking longer for me to get there than I thought. But this weekend was definitely a huge confidence booster. So, yeah. and. I think it's awesome you guys finished third and just your what in the fifth time out with the car you get a third place finish at a track that's pretty not easy to drive. Like you gotta like you that said, was the first time. Technical. Yeah, that was the first time we've ever raced there. That's just wild. That just I and I that's why I keep saying I think that like as the season goes on, those W's are just gonna start piling up. Yeah, and I mean we had really good cars there since it was the only place that raced on Friday night. I mean, there was a lot of good cars there. I think we had, uh, I want to say it was 18 cars. Not as many as I thought were going to show up, but yeah, it was miserably cold. So yeah, I, it was, it was 40. Like it wasn't warm here either. I wanted to go to uh, Peavely, which I'm going to get out there more often as I, I had to reach out. I'm reaching out to the, the people that run the track right now to see about getting media stuff going to try to help them out with like mm-hmm. uh, social media and whatnot just because it's a great track like it's fun to drive it's good enough that the world of outlaws show up all the time so 
it's set up right. They got to be doing something good. Justin Allgaier shows up. Kenny Wallace races there all the time. Like they got a bunch mm-hmm. of guys that show up there all the time. But I didn't get out there this past weekend. Yeah, but no, I mean we we're running right with the t- some of the top guys in this class. So it's just like I said, it just takes time, and we're just going to keep working at it, and we'll see how it goes. But I'm excited to go back to Columbus Junction. We haven't raced there in uh 12 years wow you remember how you get there yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah we raced we only raced there in 2011 we ran our modified there weekly for like three quarters of the season got a win there and then i ran my late model there that same year a couple times but it's a fun track i'm i'm excited to go back I always enjoyed it there, so we'll see how it goes. Hopefully the weather cooperates, but and then in not this weekend, but next weekend, we get to go to my favorite track down to West Liberty. Big fast half mile. Hell yeah, that's gonna be fun. And that I think that's gonna be Johnny Spot's first night out too. He's finally able to get time in his schedule to get his car ready to go racing. So that'll be fun. I haven't raced with Johnny and man, I bet I haven't raced with Johnny in probably 10 years. So that'll be fun. That'd be awesome. This is like a, <laughs> I don't know, a reunion for you the next couple of weeks. You're getting to go places just, you haven't been in a long time. It's just so crazy to sit here and talk about it and realize that like, We've been racing cars that long. <laughs> yeah. So. It's... Now we're we're having fun, man. My yeah. dad and my good buddy Dakota, they were so freaking pumped up Friday night. I guess they were just bouncing all over the place watching the race and they were getting all excited and they're like, man, we haven't been that excited watching you race in a long time. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Minus being terribly cold out, it was a really, really solid night. Yeah, that's what happens when you live, you know, up north. So, yeah. I mean, you guys live in Iowa. I don't know what you expect. (laughs) (laughs) We don't expect much because we know how it is. Yeah, it could snow in May there. It's happened before, so. But uh, one more thing before we get into the NASCAR recap. Um our meeting, our weekly meeting that we had last night, like, dude, we have got some super kick-ass stuff that we're working on. And if we oh, can yeah. make, once we get a plan figured out how to execute on some of that stuff, it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to separate us big time. We can't, this is like a teaser thing, but yes, absolutely. One of yeah. them in particular, like just for all three to conglomerate, like you Wolf Media Group, who we can say because they help you out, they're very inter I, I just had a stroke, I'm sorry. They're very uh important. I don't know the other word right now. They're very important with Tanner's racing right now. And then this will help me out as well. So like it's all it's all just super cool shit. 
Yes. And I want to say what it is, but I want to like have a plan and be able to know we can execute it before we start talking about it on the show. So it's all a rough draft on paper. We'll put it that way. Yeah. But we basically had a, had a brilliant idea that we drew on a napkin and now we got to figure out how to do it. <laughs> I'm like, that's basically what that conversation was about. <laughs> but the potential of it is just, it's a rocket ship. Like if it works with one place and we can go to every place and do the same thing. Like I'm about this. Like it's one of my favorite things to do too. Cause I love that community and love. Mm-hmm. We got to stop talking about it. Cause I'm gonna give it away. I'm terrible <laughs> at keeping secrets. No, but huge shout out to the Wolf Media Group, Tucker and Fletcher, them guys. They're they're badasses, was, man. They are. Those guys are awesome. They have we haven't accomplished as much as that we planned on by this point since we've mm-hmm. been working together for uh probably nine, ten months or so. Yeah. But I mean them guys have opened our minds up to things I never would have even dreamed of. So they have been a huge, huge add on to my racing program. And then we were able to get you involved as well. And this little group of four of us, man, we we're starting to get some potential to do some really cool stuff. So huge shout out to those guys. They're freaking awesome. And I'm really looking forward to what we're going to do here coming up. Same. I just can't wait for us, the four of us to get together again is the biggest thing. I'm hoping that one of those turns into like whenever we went to uh PRI, we got to eat dinner with them at this was it like checkered flag tavern or something like that. I think so. In Indianapolis. And it was one of the coolest racing memorabilia places I've ever been to. And mm-hmm. just getting to hang out, learn what those guys do, what they're about. Like they're some of the hardest working people that, you know, either one of us knows they're always grinding. We look at their, like they are straight up savages, man. Them dudes, they get after it. They send us spreadsheets on updates on what they're doing and stuff. And, you know, some days we'll see that they make like 50 cold calls to people about sponsorship. And I'm like, what the shit? Holy crap. That's awesome. The thing, and there's not a list. The thing about that is they create the list that they call. They do not have this shit given to them. They go find it put the data into a sheet and then do the work. Like there's a process to this and it's amazing to me that they're that organized and that good at this. Yeah. That they're great dudes. We, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed my time with them and I think they're going to be around a long time. So. Oh yeah. Keep that, you know, hard work pays off. It just takes a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, last night that was a very productive meeting and yeah. That, yeah, that got me fired up. Now I just want to like go do that all the time. You know what I mean? I want to clean cars and I want to do that. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be perfectly happy. That'd be awesome. It's going to happen. We just got to make it work. <clears throat> I don't really know. I feel like a consultant more than anything else. I don't really know. <laughs> It's going to be cool stuff, man. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So this weekend in racing. So the one dirt series race that I wanted to cover was 
um, Kyle Larson winning at Eldora, which I thought was freaking wild. And then my buddy Drew out at uh, Peevely this past weekend did pretty good. He won his race. That's pretty good. Yeah, he <laughs> he races a modified class, so it's not those things are not easy to drive. And he's been doing it like kind of like you. He's been doing it for a while, and I just like seeing him get wins. And this will be one of many because he he was a track champion in the like the, I forget what it's called. It's that compact car class where you can race like Cobalts, Cavaliers, yep. stuff like yep. that. Um, multiple track championships with that car, and this is just the next stepping stone. And he bought it from a really cool guy, so I thought that that was pretty neat. And that's like a are they uh, are they IMCA down there? Yeah, are they cool? Yep. Is he IMCA modified or sport mod? Uh, I don't know what the difference is. To be honest with you, does he have a does he have a spoiler? I want to say yes, but. I could be lying. I don't know. I, I just know the number in the car, and that's about it. Okay. Yeah, because the sport mods, they they have a different engine package, and they can run spoilers. The IMCA modifieds, they I don't, don't have spoilers. Spoiler. No, it does not have a spoiler. I just the, the picture of the car just popped in my head. It does not have a spoiler. Okay, so he's IMCA modified. That's a good class, man. They've, yeah. The modifieds are no joke. Dude, they rip around Peevely too. That that's such a fun track. I don't know if you've ever <clears> raced at it before, but no. If if you get a chance to come down here and do it, out of all the ones in this area, that would be where I would go, hundred percent. We were gonna try and run with the Power Eye Midget guys there a couple times. The first year we ran midgets, we were gonna try and run that Ironman fifty five, but it yeah. I think it rained out. And then the second year that we were going to try it, we just decided to go somewhere else just because we didn't, we wanted to get more experience before running more with the national guys. Yeah. So it just, cards never worked out, but I'm sure at some point I'll get to race there. It'll be cool. Plus, like I said, now your bed's actually made. So (laughs) that was one of the other things we've been working on. I got the I got the bed put together, so I mean, I'm good to go. I love how you just claim it that it's my bed. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, I don't foresee unless my little brother does something dumb. I don't foresee anybody else sleeping there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But, man, so you didn't catch that much uh, racing this past weekend. I did not. I had a jam packed weekend, so. I didn't. I caught about the last forty laps of the Cup race, and that's it. So, Xfinity wise, <laughs> that was just insanity. I, I haven't seen that many cars piled up in a long time, and I that that was just hard to watch. Everybody wrecking and flipping and all the other stuff. Because didn't Daniel Hemrick end up upside down? Oh yeah, he was the first. Colleg Racing made a post about it too. He was the first Colleg car to go upside down, so they like made a post about it. But he was one of two or three guys that wound up, you know, on the roof or flipping or something insane. They had the big one a couple times in the Xfinity Series race, and man, there's just not—I don't know—the Xfinity Series is where it's at. That and truck, if you want to watch 
I want to say exciting racing. Um, it may have a little bit more cautions and stuff, but if you want to watch some good side-by-side action, there's a lot of passing, there's a lot of stuff going on, 100% watch those over the Cup Series right now. Because the Talladega race was the least exciting Cup Series race at Talladega I've ever seen, besides maybe the last one they did the next-gen car in. Because that car, it's not the track, it's the car. The car, for whatever reason, just does not like super speedways with this package. And it doesn't race well there. They just follow the leader, you know, in two different lines. and Just basically how they do pace laps. They just go around the track that way. And they can't make up any ground. It turns into a track position game. And it's just not, it's frustrating to watch. Because they don't handle the way they're supposed to. And that third line or fourth line, like what we're used to seeing at Talladega, never gets started. Yeah. And, you know, the more, the longer we run this next gen car the more i'm starting to not like it at all facts yes it's just it's not working anywhere but road courses and nascar is not that's not what it's known for no it's not what it is if you want to run road courses go join imsa like i'm just gonna be blunt and say it if you want to run road courses go run imsa go run the sport chart the sport car championship series go do some of that shit like that's what you want to do if that's what you want to see. That's totally fine. It's great racing. There's a lot of guys that are really good at it. Um, and it's fun to watch, but it's not what this <laughs> is about. No, and being completely honest, I think the Cup Series is so broken right now that it just, it almost needs a complete rebuild again. Yeah, because they, the sanctioning body has got to figure something out. The car is not safe found another flaw evidently this weekend uh for those that probably haven't seen it i don't know if you saw the inside cam inside camera footage or not but uh of ryan priest yeah hitting kyle larson's car that was that is terrifying yeah because if if it had been the driver's side of the car we were just talking about him earlier the best dude to drive a race car right now probably isn't breathing right now because it shot so when Ryan Priest, there was a big accident, uh, Chastain did something stupid, go figure, and caused an accident. And back in the pack where Priest and Larson were, Larson got turned and tried to overcorrect and then went back up the racetrack. And as he was coming back up the racetrack at a slower speed, Priest was gassing up because he thought he was good to go. And he was trying to get around some other cars and just get clear. And mm-hmm. completely nailed the passenger side door hard enough that the in-car camera footage showed that his uh, helmet visor actually popped straight up in the air. It was sitting flat, and it popped up in the air. And his chest see... almost hit the steering wheel. Yeah, you can see. That's how much them belts stretched. Yeah. It was a hard, 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 violent hit. And I'm surprised that they showed the in-car camera footage on TV because it made me cringe. Like I was like, "Oh God, that's not good." Like he's not supposed there, to move that much. There hasn't been hits like that in the Cup Series in a really long time. No, dude, the, the door bars—the door bars on the right side of Larson's car—were touching his seat. They broke. Yeah, the frame structure inside the car that's supposed to protect the driver. So where the welds are the strongest, and there's the most amount of. I'm going to say fab work done and the most amount of like guarding 
and everything, it broke. I've never seen that happen. Not even in like the Gen Four, Gen like Monte Carlo Square, the Arrow cars that Dale Earnhardt drove back in the day. I've never seen it happen with any of those cars. And for what? And those guys took some hits, like concrete walls and all kinds oh, yeah. of other shit. Yeah. And somehow those cars handle a hit better than this damn thing does. And NASCAR, that fuck around and find out thing has been going around for a while. If they don't make some drastic changes with this car, they're going to fuck around long enough that 2001 is going to repeat. Somebody's going to end up on the news. Yeah. And I don't know. Watching that in-car footage, I mean, that was absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Just that was a hard. I didn't watch it twice. Like it was a hard no. I was like, nope, don't need to see it again. That's all I need to see. Belt stretched. He almost hit his head. He almost hit his chest on the steering wheel. Like his, he's got to be feeling some kind of crazy whiplash. Um, oh man, he's got to be hurting. Today he's got to just be in bed. Like that's hard hit. Because him gassing back up, he's probably doing one seventy. You know, something around there. Just because yeah, you don't was... know, and I mean, you, you you can pick that apart all you want, but their heads are locked inside that race car. Unless his spotter tells him that the five is coming back up the track, there is no way that he is ever going to know that that's happening because he can't see it. It was like perfect timing in the worst way. Facts, yes. Well, Larson was either going to go head on into the wall at however fast he, however fast he was going, or Priest was going to nail him. And either way, it was not going to be pretty. No, but even Larson's interview after he got out of the infield care center, he's like, I just cannot believe that I didn't get hurt. He looks scared. Or that nothing, or that nothing, nothing hit him. Yeah. That right side door bar, when I saw that on the broadcast, I was like, holy shit, man. Yeah. And they, that's. Go figure, they don't say that much about it in the broadcast booth or on, like, Race Hub or any of those things and actually, you know, call it out for what it is. That is a failure of the race car. And they got to – that shit can't fly, like, no. at all. Get backing into the wall in the concussion thing last year was bad enough, but, you know, door bars flying off and potentially hitting drivers at, you know, obnoxious speeds and things like that, that's just insanity. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, the Cup Series is like a broken record right now. I think that every, including, like, if you listen to Denny Hamlin, he's pretty much saying the same thing. Like, he doesn't, he picks apart this car all the time on his podcast, or Bumper Clear does, Dale Jr. does. That and, um, I saw uh, Keselowski's interview after the race. I mean, he was just incredibly frustrated. Mm-hmm. because he's like we used to be able to what we did exactly today he's like that used to be what would win you with the race and he said it it that's not how it works anymore no well there's a how do I say this they need to put the horsepower back in the cars number one okay scratch that before that we need a new car I think you scrap, and we've said this before on the show and just regurgitating the same things, but now I'm kind of 
before I was kind of skeptical, like, yeah, maybe it'll work out, you know, maybe it'll get better, give it another shot, maybe they'll change some things, blah, 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 blah. After seeing Larson's hit, I'm like, no, this, it's, stop it. Like, we've already almost killed the sport with a terrible racing car before with the car tomorrow. Why mm-hmm. repeat the same process twice in less than a decade? Or just about a decade, depending on how you look at it. Just over a decade, yeah. whatever you want to say. It took the Gen Six car, in my opinion, was saving the sport because it was a good, it was a good racing car. Like it was, it really was. Do. I mean, the aero stuff was kind of ridiculous sometimes, but the aero. Stuff I mean, was the race, stupid. but but the races were still good. Yeah, hundred percent. And I personally, I like Talladega, kind of like what. Um. Brett Griffin was saying on the Tour Bumper Clear podcast, I love the Talladega where strategy comes into play. I want them to be off sequence. I want them to be, you know, all over the track. I want there to be enough power that you get, you're going fast enough that the handling falls off. So you get different packs racing in different areas. Like it turns it into a real event whenever they're racing like that. I've been to those races back in the day when like we had the Gen four or five cars, Daytona and Talladega, I've been to those races and they were great to watch. Yeah, they were spread out a little bit, but it was exciting seeing a couple guys pull off to the inside and just blow past like six different cars and then pull back up mm-hmm. in front of them and then go do it again the next corner from all working together. Or if you got a line of, you know, eight cars in a row that just stayed nuts to butts the entire way around the track, they could catch the lead pack and it was cool to watch and they could make up seconds doing it yeah and i mean now it's pretty much wherever you're at is pretty much where you're going to be and that's the same way it was at martinsville the the two coolest places Mm -hmm. like type of tracks not maybe coolest places the coolest type of tracks that they go to short tracks and super speedways talladega and martinsville every year should be packed because of the quality of racing on the track they should you should have to fight for tickets you should have to wait in line like what you used to the backstretch grandstand should be full at talladega like what they used to be and it wouldn't be that hard to do it's not the track it's the product on the track mm-hmm. doing it if you suck people will start to disappear it happens in football all the time people don't go watch the four and 12 teams and sell out stadiums there people go watch the kansas city chiefs destroy the competition at arrowhead stadium because they know for at least right now, while we have Mahomes, that it's going to be freaking cool to watch. So they pack the stands; they sell out every game. Yeah, I, I, I personally think they should have just did a revamp on the Gen Six car, readjust the aero package, and bring the horsepower back. Yeah, in other words, get rid of all the goofy shit that they were trying, and just let them go. <laughs> Yeah, and like Denny Hamlin was saying, he's like, the engine bill now compared to when they were 900 horse is the exact same. Yeah. So they're not saving any money by running low horsepower. No. And you know what? I mean, this is kind of mean to say, but honestly, if the, this is going to be really mean to say, but I think it's the straight, it's the product that puts the best cars out on the racetrack do away with let the teams build the damn cars the way that they want to 
don't hinder them in any way possible and let the people that have the best equipment go dominate. And it did change every year. It's not like, you know, Joe Gibbs won every single race for five years in a row. They would dominate for half a season. And then as the season would progress, Hendrick and RCR and a couple of other guys, they would start catching up and they would start figuring it out. And then it would become like, okay, well, we don't know who's going to win week to week now. I know that the next gen car set a record last year for most single winners in a season, but again, I don't care. I want to see somebody like Kyle Larson, my favorite driver, go spank the competition and win 10 races in a year. It was at its peak mm-hmm. whenever there were dominant drivers like Gordon winning throughout the 90s, Earnhardt winning in the early 90s, Jimmy winning early on in the 2000s. Till they changed the car, I would say that he didn't change he didn't change the course of NASCAR history like what a lot of people say. He won five championships in a row in different equipment almost any every single year and respect that did that's not what did it the quality of the car that was on the track is what did it it wasn't jimmy kicking everybody's ass it was the car that was on the track sucked like it does now it sucks they need to redo it i I would be curious to know if this has even made it financially easier for the small guys for the single car teams or the like the Spire Motorsports or something like that. See, I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's really would be that much of a cost saving for them. I don't know. I mean, I this is all speculation. I have no proof of this, but the way everything sounds, I don't if they're spending the same money on the engines, I can't imagine that they're saving a whole lot of money. No. Racing is expensive. I was just talking with uh, somebody earlier about this that um, he's a good buddy of mine that we sponsor and we were talking about the different classes of like uh, truck pullers and tractor pullers the outlaw classes stuff like that and the money is always gonna it's always gonna cost a lot of money to go fast or be the best or pull the farthest or do whatever facet of racing you're wanting to do if you're wanting to go fast in a straight line Ask John Force how much it costs to go dominate as much as they do. It's freaking expensive. If you want to go truck and like pro stock tractor pulling, it's like a million dollars to go pro stock tractor pulling. It's freaking crazy. If you want to go pro stock truck pulling, 300 grand for a truck that, that can win and dominate. It ain't cheap no matter what you do with it. Let the boy, people, if people want to do it bad enough, they'll figure out a way. Like, Rick Ware mm-hmm. racing, and I'm just going to call him out to, you know, take the NASCAR money and go spend it in other places. They're not loyal to the sport necessarily. They just want the charger money and they just want the funding and they take it and go do whatever else they want to do with it. It's not like it was back in the day where you had, you know, probably 12 guys that could have won every week. But you also had everybody you also had 56 cars show up to qualify for talladega because they all wanted to be a part of it there's a mm-hmm. big difference between that and now yeah <clears throat> but like i said the cup series is kind of just a broken record and something needs to happen before either somebody gets hurt or the cup series just loses all of its prestige 
well, marketing ability. Yeah. Well, what's the way they have it set up? Um, the TV dollars are everything. Kind of like with football. If football lost mm-hmm. their like NBC or um, CBS or Fox or whatever you know channel you want to put them on contract, they would be it, they'd be out to lunch. It'd be it'd be bad. It's the same way with NASCAR. If they lose the t- start losing the TV contracts, which is where they get a lot of their money right now, they're in a deal working right now with um, different TV venues as well for the 2024 and 25 seasons to try to sign people up and do different things and whatnot. And they're pissing off all the car owners because they want to hold all the money for themselves. <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. But basically uh, the teams in an effort to combat the cost of the next gen car, because it costs a shit ton of money every time you retool something like that. Mm-hmm. They're asking for more money from the TV deals to kind of offset, you know, the cost of that and put better cars out on the track and do more R&D and do all the stuff. And NASCAR doesn't want to do it is what I'm getting out of it anyway. So I don't know. The sanctioning, whoever is in charge of the sport really, really needs to have their head examined. Because whatever you're putting out on the track it's like it's not it's not being run very well right now. That's what I'm trying to say. Whoever the whoever I'm, is in charge is not doing their job. They're just, they're just not. I'm actually starting to get kind of nervous about the what the product's going to be for the All Star Race at Wilkesboro. Mm-hmm. Like as badass of an event. What's that? What are you flicking? It's off topic, but I can hear it in the microphone. I don't have any idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> Could just be my $50 microphone. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, But like as badass of an ev- event that they're making out of it, like it's going to be such an old school feel and like they're going to make it so cool. And one of the probably the coolest event of the year but the way short tracks have been, I don't know how great the race is going to be. I really hope that they do, like, I don't know, do an, ex- an experiment, I'm using quotations, with more, like, changing the downforce package, horsepower, something in the setup that allows these guys to, allows for tire fall off, allows for, you know, them to actually get runs on each other and pass, no downshifting or upshifting or whatever they're doing with that extra gear that's driving, you know, everybody freaking crazy right now. Because you shouldn't be able to overrun the corner in Martinsville and make up the position in the same corner. That doesn't make any sense. Or at Bristol or wherever, you know, at Martinsville, it's more of a thing because it's a flat track. You got to make the corner. You got to know what you're doing. You shouldn't be able to miss the freaking corner on a lap to lap basis and then somehow make lap time like that shouldn't you should lose four spots or whatever the only saving grace that i see possibly for that race would be that the asphalt is super wore out i don't think they've changed it i think it's the same so yeah it'll be super wore out that's for sure so i don't know if that's gonna create the first evidence of tire fall off with this car or not i don't know i don't know i'm hoping they just allow goodyear to bring a different tire because 
since the tires are like it was a cool they don't have tire fall off like the Xfinity series or the truck series. And it's has a lot to do with the compound that they're using. It's a thinner sidewall. So it's a much harder, it has to be a much harder compound because, you know, they had a lot of issues with them blowing out last year or just losing tire pressure or, you know, one of the above. And so the compound's super hard. So you don't lose a lot of, it's like an IMSA tire. You don't lose a lot of, you know, tread, or whatever you want to call it. You don't lose the track advantage of it over time. It just stays the same. I don't know. Yeah. This is I, the, just... I don't know. This is the, the, the cup series is driving me bananas. And I just want to go to Charlotte and be like, Hey, motherfuckers, you need to listen to everybody that's bitching about this. Cause if it was just one person, cool, fine, whatever. They're probably just a Karen. Like you can write it off as that, but it's literally Everybody. It's not just... Including the drivers. Yes, it's literally everybody. Like, even the guys that come up from Xfinity to Cup are like, what what the heck is this thing? Like, it's just, it's not, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. It's going to wind up losing, you know, all the fans you just got back over the course of the past five years. And... I I honestly think that's... Part of why I haven't followed it as close this year is just because it's not that fun to watch. That, and I mean, I'm way busier this year than I was last year, but. Well, yeah, that too. just. And there is. But the, pro- the product just hasn't been good enough to want to watch it super close. No, not even a little bit. It's. If I'm frustrated watching it, I can't imagine, you know, somebody that doesn't I don't know I can't imagine anybody else that knows there's a more of a like watch it every single week or that kind of thing I kind of stopped watching um, three hours worth of stuff at a time last year in an effort to you know do what we're doing so the last 20 laps of the race highlights stuff like that that's where I get my information from but um it's got to change and it's not just us saying it it's not just you know Door bumper clear. It's not just Denny Hamlin. It's not just Kozlowski. It is every driver in the garage, plus every NASCAR podcast media outlet, plus every media outlet that MRN radio, like all of them, all the, the whole damn thing does not like this car. Nope. But that's also why we want to start covering more dirt racing, too. Yeah. Because everybody's complaining about the same thing and nothing's changing. So (laughs) so move on to something is, and I I will cover the Xfinity series races all day long. Cause that is the best that in the trucks are easily the best racing that I have seen in a long time. That product on the track is phenomenal. Besides when they, besides when the truck series at the end of the race decides to go insane and they wreck like every other lap, that's not fun to watch, but whenever they're, yeah, when they're doing their thing and just racing clean, you know, not dive bombing corners and stuff like that. It's the best racing out there right now. It's awesome. And I, it, it's why I'm so off topic, but it's why I'm so excited about the SRX series coming back here in the next couple months. They were testing at mm-hmm. uh, motor mile speedway. And the first race is at Stafford speedway. The SRX series is phenomenal. That That is the, one of the best things to watch on TV if you're a race car fan. 
easily, hands mm-hmm. down. It's awesome. Well, and it's about like the stock car class that I'm in right now, too. Like, the stock car class is some of the most entertaining and the best races almost every weekend. Yeah. This class is just stupid competitive. The cars are pretty fast. And, I mean, it's just jam-packed action in 20 to 30 laps. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's like a lot of other dirt racing right now. It's just dirt racing is getting more and more popular again. And I really think it's because the product on the track is just phenomenal. Like I haven't seen, unless it's just a local track with a runaway driver every now and then I don't see boring dirt car races. Just doesn't happen. Not very often. No. And they're, mindful of most of the dirt track races are very mindful of each other on the track in most cases unless they're rookies and don't know like they don't know what they don't know but or if you're in the stock car class (laughs) (laughs) your class is a little different there's so many damn cars that it's just wild well there's too many guys that just don't give a shit that's the big issue there's, I already know in the five races I've ran, I know what guys that are fast but don't know how to pass without hitting you. And I know what guys are fast that you can run side by side with for 10 laps straight and never touch. Yeah. That's been my biggest frustration so far <laughs> is the handful of guys that are fast but can't pass you clean. It's not bumper cars. Like these are. This is an expensive toy, and you don't want to mess up somebody's expensive toy. Hmm. I don't know. I. <clears throat> I don't know. They. We talk about it a lot, and have talked about it a lot on the show, and. I just. I want. I would love to have like an hour with the CEO of NASCAR, whoever the frick is making these decisions just to try to talk to him a little bit, talk some sense into him be like, Hey, not only is this thing not safe as we've seen, it causes concussions. Evidently is going to start blowing complete door panel, internal door panels towards the driver. If you hit the car hard enough, like that's not, not good, not good at all. No. That was that uh that right side door bar. That should be a huge red flag. That's got to have. If I was a driver in the sport right now, I don't know if I want to get back in that car at like a super fast track like that. I I was surprised to see how many guys were trying to move around because, like last year at Talladega, it was too wide the whole race like there was no passing Mm -hmm. because everybody was on edge they were scared of getting hurt well i think that's starting to happen again yeah well rightfully so evidently they were right (laughs) like (laughs) it just it sucks that it has to take something i don't know the sanctioning body used to adapt and overcome really well up until about the time that i would say brian france took over I'm not saying that this guy that's running it now doesn't completely know or understand what 
the heck is going on, but I would go back to a variation of the Gen 6 car and just say, hey, we tried this for a couple years. Ratings are going down. The racing's not good. We got to do something different. I don't know what it was about the Gen 6 car, but I really enjoyed the look of that car. Yeah, same. It was awesome. I love those cars. Them things are just nasty. Yeah, in its own right. It was just a, it was a rocket sled. Like, especially when they were all wound up on horsepower <laughs> and stuff. It sounded good. They would go, you know, Michigan, California, Indianapolis, Pocono, big tracks. You'd be sailing off 210 mile an hour into the corner, which is cool to watch. You watch racing because you want to see speed. I don't want to see a car cap out at 184 miles an hour down the straightaway because it literally doesn't have the power to pull itself any faster than that that's not i want to hear stuff rip and i mean just freaking rip around the racetrack you know that that driver's white knuckling inside that car every single lap kind of like what the gen 4 cars were known for those things were just some mean mamma jammas 950 960 horsepower bodies wadded up to make maximum downforce like those things were just nasty and i loved them Mm-hmm. they just sounded so good oh my gosh there was a clip of uh i think it was ryan newman that wasn't it was at pocono i want to say and he wasn't shifting into fourth gear going down the straightaway how crazy that sounds and he was hitting like 96 9700 rpm and you can hear Benny Parsons, whenever he was alive, saying, "Oh my gosh, guys, look at the look at the tachometer on this car. How fast is he going? He's going 212 miles an hour going into the corner, 9600 RPM. Like that is what I want to see. Yeah, them things. It gets me." Just talking about it, like talking about the Gen 4, the car tomorrow, meh. It was fast, but meh. Car, race car with a wing just is, no, that, fuck that car. Like we could have done without it. <laughs> the Gen 6 cars, oh, it was a perfect combination. The bodies looked so good because they brought back like the Camaro body. The Supra mm-hmm. was in it for, the Supra still in the Xfinity series, but they brought the Supra in. Mustang looked like a Mustang, and I was just like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> they were setting track records. I don't know. I haven't heard any new lap records since this car came into existence. No. Not a one. They used to do it every week on, I just remember Daryl and uh, Mike Joy every single week, it seemed like, in the 2000s. After Newman or somebody would qualify, there we go. And that's a new track record. Because somebody would rip around Charlotte at an average of 195 miles an hour, which is freaking bananas. It's probably Ryan Newman, actually. And see, it was like every time we went back, every time they went back, new track record, new track record. The cars just kept getting faster, faster, faster. And I was like, yes, speed. We need more speed. Mm-hmm. More speed. First, we need, speed, new, we need new more power. horsepower. Hang on. We can't discredit ourselves. We need a new car so that we can go safer faster. <laughs> because this new car, <laughs> all the horsepower, is going to kill somebody. Just like it's just going to happen. And 
it's not funny. I know I'm kind of chuckling, but I'm also slap happy. It's not funny. It's going to wind up happening, and they're going to fuck around and find out in the worst way. Because with today's news and the way that everything goes, the driver dies inside one of those race cars because of something they neglected. It is going to be the talk of everything in the worst way. It's all it'll be all over social media. Now we have social media outlets too. Back when, you know, you would screw up something back in the day, it didn't matter. There wasn't an Instagram post about it twenty two seconds after it happened. You got social, you got a newspaper, you got the news stations, you've got all the corrupt crazy news stations, you got all the sports networks, you've got all this media watching you all the time. Why would you put something on the track that could kill somebody and get you on the news in a terrible way? That doesn't make any sense to me. Why wouldn't you put something on the track that gets you attention in the best way? Like, we set a new track record. That was exciting to watch on ESPN. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just like the old cars better. It just gets me excited talking about them. <laughs> I just, they're so cool. I mean, I I was trying for a long time to try and get myself to actually like this car. and. Uh, pretty much to the point where I don't like it at all. Yeah, this car is. This car is like that. I don't know. That hot girl in high school that you want to go out with so bad because it looks so good and all this other stuff, and then you learn more and more and more about it, and you're like, no, just, just no, I'll pass. I don't care how good it looks. Just get that thing away from me. That's the longer that we find out about this car, the more it just seems like a crazy bitch that doesn't know what it wants to be or want to do. Like it, it's, <laughs> it does. There's nothing good about it. That it doesn't know if it wants to be an IMSA car or a stock car. It doesn't know if it wants to run high down force, low down force. It doesn't know if it wants to run this compound tire, this compound tire. It doesn't know if it wants to run high horsepower, or low horsepower. Like it doesn't know. Pretty much. all i got to say about that (laughs) that was a good rant (laughs) (laughs) well my give a damn with the car i was trying to be put like polite about saying it sucked at first a little bit now no there's done with it just we need to we need we either need to really fix it the fix for it i don't know what it is because i don't think it's a stock car I think it's an IMSA car that you dressed up to look like a stock car. Pretty much, that's exactly what it is. Or keep it around for the road courses for all I care. Like, just put something else on the oval tracks that's actually fun to watch. I never thought about that, but that's actually not a terrible idea. Would be That way they don't have to scrap everything. I mean, that's a lot of, like, R&D and tech and shit just to be like nope we're not using this anymore which i understand you know from a money perspective why they're not just like nope screw this car on to the next one it costs millions of dollars to do this shit you're running mm-hmm. more road courses what you ever have just have a road course dedicated car just run that thing on road courses till the time runs out or everybody you know gets enough of the next generation car that they can we can do without it and then we can just we can sub it out get rid of it. It's kind of like how they introduced it 
from what I remember, that's how they introduced the car tomorrow, is it would show up at these random racetracks for no reason. And then, like in 2007, it would randomly just show up. And they'd be like, yep, well, we're going to do this next year. This is going to be great. And I would see the car on the track and be like, that has a wing. The front end looks stupid, and I don't like this car. It looks like a box. It doesn't race well. (laughs) Why are you doing this? Go back to the... I want the Gen 4 car. I don't want this thing. Yeah, that that wouldn't be a bad option. I mean, it is. It does really well on road courses. But yeah, it does. It does awesome. But solving problems. Boom. <laughs> oh man, I hate to say it, but I think I'm getting some serious brain fog here. It has been a day. Yeah. Well, we did the thing. We are going to get the show out for everybody to hear. Um, There's one last thing I want to do just because we haven't done it in a while. Who is your pick? Just, I just want to do cup series. I don't want to try to run over everything else. Who is your pick for the cup series this week before we get off here? Dumb question. Where are they racing this week? (laughs) They're racing at Dover. Oh, I knew that. No, you didn't. You just Um, asked. Well, now that you say it, I remember it because I saw they put uh, Harvick's name on turn four on the wall since this is his last time racing there. Yeah. Well, and every time you see that clip of Jimmy Johnson saving the car going in reverse. And yeah. Shit, I, I already I know where we're at <clears throat> over that week because it just go, it goes viral every single time because it was one of the most it was the craziest thing I've seen in a stock car. Like one of them ever. Like it was one of the greatest saves I've ever seen. Man, I don't even know. Uh, actually, I think he's actually been fairly good there the last few years there. And I think he was faster last year with this car. So I think a wild card, I'm going to go Alex Bowman. Damn it. That's what I was going to pick. Because it doesn't seem to matter who's driving that 48 car. It is at the front at Dover. Driver doesn't seem to matter. That car is just meant to run fast at Dover. Apparently, we think too much alike. <laughs> I mean, great minds think alike. You can only be a genius in teams. I don't know what I'm trying to say. but So, is that your wild card or your actual pick? You can... No, that's my pick. Okay. It's, I'm just saying he's kind of a wild card because he really hasn't been super fast yet this year. But... I do remember the last few years he won there like a year or two ago, didn't he? Or did he win there last year? I think he, I think it was last year. Was it last year? Yeah, I think he stole one last year there. Um, I'm just gonna say I think Kyle Larson's gonna come back and win this week. He's, It'd be a safe bet. They seem to got things rolling right now. He's fast at Dover. What has always been fast at Dover. He was with Ganassi. He's been that way with Hendrick. I just, mm-hmm. that five car has been fast for the past month. I just think he's going to win. Now, my dark horse winner, I know we just won last week, but I think it was a fluke. I think KB could get another one this week. That he could. Yeah. 
So I don't I don't even know who I'd pick for a dark horse. I'll go with the melon man. Ross Chastain. There you go. Just because you never know. You never know with him. I mean, he can be fast anytime. He is such a toss-up. It's ridiculous. I don't know. I think it's actually the car more than it is the driver as to why it is that way because of track position because you can't pass with this damn thing. So if he winds up in 15th, he kind of stays in 15th. So, yeah, I like that. He he gets on my nerves with the way that he drives every now and then, but I like Ross Chastain. He's a good he's a good race car driver. Yes, he is. He can wheel it. Facts. Yes. So with that, we both are getting super tired and we're gonna hop off here. So Tanner, what is your Instagram handle? Instagram is at underscore Tanner Allen underscore. Awesome. So if you want to follow me, I'm the captain of cars. But most importantly, follow the First Gear Podcast on any social media network. We're posting regularly again, getting back in the swing of things with recording. As always, we appreciate you guys listening. It means a hell of a lot to us. I've been seeing the analytics from last week, and a lot of people tune back in immediately, which is awesome. So thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Bye.